Yo, <laughs> I was popping, man. What it is, what the deal is, your man, Dean Edwards. Welcome to another episode of Father Bucket Protocol. This is actually take two. <laughs> I'm laughing, y'all have no idea why. Alright, first, uh, first of all, shout out everybody that's been listening, everybody that's been supporting. Uh, go ahead, tell a friend to go ahead and click the subscribe, subscribe. Whether you're on iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcast, please make sure a toast to Nupsi. Uh, make sure you uh, you subscribe and tell tell somebody uh, to get this flavor on with the Father Bucket Protocol, man. I'm, I said it's take two because, uh, so here's the thing, right? <laughs> I'm an idiot. I know I'm an idiot, um, and this is one of the frustrations when, when you are the producer, the the host, the director, and the sound guy. I uh, <laughs> I recorded this podcast earlier uh, today and was very proud of myself because I got it done, and then I went to edit it. <laughs> I recorded I don't know about about an, a little less than an hour. And um, had recorded, look, I'm checking now and I can see the left and right levels are recording and you are hearing me loud and clearly in all of my youthful exuberance and vibrance. However, well, however, something happened. What happened, Dean? Let him know. Well, you know what happened. Um, Last week I recorded, and this is to address uh, some sound issues that we faced last week. Last week, um, and shout to my, uh, excuse me, shout um, to to uh, you know last week, my man B Rich. He uh, he said the mic ain't on. Technically, the mic was on. Let me explain what happened um, when we recorded the Father Muck and John Moses episode, Roll Warriors Session, Volume Number Twenty. Uh, because we record on a uh, a portable Zoom. We didn't have, last week we had the sound running through two separate mics, which actually, I guess, ran to two separate channels, and therefore the right-hand side went to the right mic, and the left-hand side went to the left uh, mic, or speaker, I should say. Um, So if you have shorted out Beats by Dre, or whatever headphones, maybe maybe you have... uh, some Incredibles by Nick Cannon from Radio Shack. Uh, you only heard one side of a conversation. So if I was talking to John Moses, you might have heard me say, Oh, so where'd you uh, start? Oh, yeah? Oh, that's dope, man. <laughs> no, but you got to. Yeah, that's true, true. That's how the conversation would have sounded. Um, because um, you... Each of our microphones was only playing to one uh, one ear. So my apologies for that. Um, but we're rectified today. So this morning when I record, I did not. Well, let me tell you, I, I had a great episode. And this will be a great episode because um, let's look at that earlier recording that didn't record. That earlier record not recording as as the dress rehearsal. Shall we? That's how we'll, we'll get through this without being frustrated. Can you hear me smiling through the pain? Yeah, so um, what happened was when you, uh, as they were running through the two separate microphones, the settings on, on uh, 
the recording apparatus, as it were, um, the settings were changed. And I did not set them or reset them back to the original setting. So this morning when I recorded, like right now I can see um, on on the monitor that my, my vocal... Uh, my vocals are transmitting and being recorded because the uh, the modulation is is moving uh, from left to right, whereas that did not happen earlier today. It was flatline. There was nothing, but I didn't pay attention to that. No, I didn't pay attention to it because I was so excited to get this father mucking podcast out to you, father mucking fam. Yeah, that's what happened. So now we will we will do it all. All again with clapboard rolling sound, sound rolling for the mugging protocol. April after weed day, take two. Action! Yo, what's poppin'? Nah, I'm just playing. Yeah, man. So, um, so it's it's been cool. I hope y'all enjoyed um enjoyed last week's episodic episode. Well, my man John Moses, we we had we had some fun, and like I said, uh, thanks uh, for letting us know uh, that the mic ain't on. My man B, um, it was on. It was just uh, it was it was thrown. It was it was it was not set properly, uh, and we learn as we go sometimes, as we did uh, there. And um, so here we go now with this week's episode, which I. Dedicate to all all those um you know that that are new listeners as well as the the previous listeners the Father Muck and Fam as we call it for those that don't know give you all some upcoming dates um you can actually catch me this week I'm at uh, I'm at the uh, comic strip comedy club in New York City the comic strip as well as the comedy cellar uh yeah man I'm working the comedy cellar now this is actually the first time in in uh, history. That I am booked there, not on a showcase, not to shoot a movie with Chris Rock, uh, but just actually calling in my availabilities to to work. So um, I'm actually there uh, Tuesday Tuesday night, tomorrow night, um, there in Comedy Joe's at Gotham Comedy Club. And uh, and then this weekend you can catch me at the comic strip, and on Friday and over the comedy cellar on Saturday. Uh, so catch me out there. But but in the uh, in the not too distant future you can also catch me returning to a club that I will say is um, I had a pleasure working and actually became one of my favorites in the country because the crowd was so comedy savvy. You can catch me at the the Acme Comedy Company, Acme Comedy Co. in Mini Minneapolis in in June, June fifth through June 9th. That's five nights. I'm gonna be there Tuesday night through Saturday night. That's a long, that's a long run right there, Jack. Well, actually, it's similar to doing a Wednesday through Sunday, I guess, but it just seems odd, or it seems odd initially to do a uh, a Tuesday through Saturday, but. From what I understand, um, they they like to do a, a sort of open open mic or a newer comic presentation or showcase on Tuesday nights and then close with an actual headliner. So that's what we uh, that's what we're doing June 5th through June 9th in the year of 2018. Uh, you can catch me out there. Speaking of Minneapolis, 
uh, this is called a segue. That is when you go from one one topic to another seamlessly, and but I'm pointing it out so that would diminish the seamlessly component. Um, yeah, speaking of, I'm I'm curious how y'all feel about um about people speaking on others who have passed on, who have passed over, who've died, who passed away. You know, what what are your thoughts on it? I, I I'm torn because I mean, look, we're still they still talk about JFK, they still talk about MLK. Um they still talk about uh well, in news today, they they're talking about Prince. Actually, news over the last weekend, I should say. They've been speaking about Prince because it turns out and let me not uh I might not get this exactly right, but uh, it turns out that, um, for those that don't know, that Prince overdosed on uh, on some bootleg Vicodin, which is his doctor is being fined, I think, for $30,000, uh, but not but not losing their license to practice. Uh, the doctor gave him uh, gave him some some bootleg drugs and was was. Um, was putting someone else's name on the prescription, which is illegal. Uh, so, you know, that it, but bigger than all that, um, well, firstly, can I just say it's, it's, uh, it's, it's saddening to learn that someone that inspired you, well, I say Prince was a hero. I guess he's, He's iconic enough that I could say he's one of the inspirations to me because he he came up during an era when I had just discovered that that I wanted to uh, be an entertainer. He was one of the biggest performers slash entertainers on the planet. So I I know he has and has had an influence on me um, just as a performer, you know, um, being a perfectionist, being meticulous with uh, whatever I'm presenting with uh you know um uh, being being a showman that gives you know 100% and beyond gives all of themselves when they when they take the stage you know that was prince that's that's what he did and now he has a legacy um that's been tainted because i think we all also revered him because he seemed to be in such control you know he seemed to be in such control uh, but he was on this Vicodin, you know, he was, he was a drug addict to an extent. Um, and from what I understand, I think it mentioned in this book I read, I, I'm not sure exactly where I learned this. Um, so don't quote me, but he became addicted to Vicodin and, uh, pain killing, uh, drugs because he was so used to performing in heels. He, he performed in heels for so many years that eventually it caught up to him, and you think about it, I mean, you watch Let's Go Crazy video, or you watch, um, I don't know, uh, Purple Rain, and you see some of the images of him jumping off of speakers, doing splits in the air, doing his taxes, uh, writing three new songs, and then landing, and the impact of those heels shooting through his body, um, up to his spinal column. I, look, I... <laughs> My my back hurts after carrying uh my backpack on the subway and not taking it off when I sit down. My back hurts. So can you imagine thirty years of 
splits and dancing while in high heels. And women do it all the time. Beyonce take notice. Tina Turner take notice. You know, any any woman that's performed in, in heels has to understand that, um, or any performer really, that performs in heels. Um, you have to keep in mind because I'm thinking Eddie Izzard wears heels sometimes too, you know. So, but he's not he's not dancing. He's just, he's he's a stand up comic, not a dancing comic. Uh, you know, so it's it, it's sad to to learn that, um, to learn that your your heroes are uh, you know, are are human, you know that they are not without folly, that they uh, did I say that right? Yeah, yeah. I I'm saying I did, damn it, and so I, I did. I, folly. I think I said that correctly, and therefore we're going with folly. I hope I I uh, presented that <laughs> correctly. But yeah, I think I said that right. Uh, let me see, folly. Let's 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 look it up. A uh, lack of good sense, foolishness. Mm. Yes, it's, so it's foolish. It's sad. Um, but humans, you know, make foolish, foolish errors, foolish mistakes. And we, uh, and we get addicted to, uh, to drugs and that, that happened to Prince. So my question is, I heard, um, what's her name? Uh, Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares, nothing compares to you. Which Prince, Prince wrote? And uh, performed originally, uh, but she covered it, and uh, that's really what uh, blew blew her up. And then took her to SNL, which she ripped the picture of the Pope, and his patriarch, and his patriarch patriarchal power and position. That's a lot of peas. That's called alliteration. It is. Uh, yeah. So she was. Um, she did a radio interview. She did a radio interview, and she. Um, she pointed out that uh, that Prince, I guess, you know, she says he he hit her, he beat on her in the past, she escaped from his ruthless crutches. And this is all alleged. I mean, she's saying it, and, you know, why would she say it? Um, but my, my inquiry is, at what point do you do you let the dead rest in peace? Now, I mean, if he did anything to her, if he physically assaulted her, obviously she's going to have a different feeling about him than the legions and tens of millions of fans that he has in the world. But um, it makes you wonder, you know, why she's saying it now. Similar to Quincy Jones speaking on um, on... Richard Pryor having a sexual uh, tryst relationship of sorts with a uh, with Marlon with Marlon Brando at one time, <laughs> you know. Now, also keep in mind, Quincy Jones was was asked a question to which he answered and then included that information versus Sinead O'Connor just volunteering this information on a uh, radio interview. In a, in a room. So it begs the question, well, is is it different if someone asks you versus you just volunteering information? I and I see them differently. I, I you know, I looking at Sinead O'Connor versus uh Sydney I was gonna say Sydney Portier <laughs> as versus Quincy Jones, 
Quincy's an icon um, who's had an influence over generations of um, musical artists and entertainers um, and just artists, entertainers, really, because, I mean, he, he produced Mad TV and uh, didn't he uh, do the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? So, you know, one could say that he's also responsible for giving us everyone from Will Smith to Bobby Lee, <laughs> you know, and everybody that's come and, and um, you know, Jordan Peele, Keegan Mike, Michael Key, you know, all these people that Quincy. Why do I keep wanting to say Sydney? Sydney Jones, Quincy Jones had an influence over their careers. Um, it doesn't make it right, but I also look at Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones is old. <laughs> Sinead ain't old. She's older, but she ain't old yet. She ain't dusty. She ain't decrepit. She's just older. Some people say, you know, she's not relevant right now, which I I, I take issue with that terminology. Um, culturally, culturally relevant, I get, because that means you are affecting the culture um around you the worldwide culture when i say culturally relevant i'm re referring to someone that's having an impact on the world or a larger world as opposed to just their family and friends or their circle of uh, people in their world Sinead o'connor i she probably tours she might speak i'm not sure i haven't heard from her in a while and so her now talking about Prince after he's dead, to me, comes off kind of corny. In my opinion, if you are a fan of Sinead O'Connor, um, I, I did like her uh, Nothing Compares to You uh, remake of Prince's, uh, Prince's original song. Um, but there's a point where someone talks so much and you're like, yo, produce. I don't hear anyone talking. Produce. I'm talking on this podcast, but it's also a produced podcast uh, that the fam are listening to, the Father Mucker fam are listening to, you know, and then I also go and get my jokes on and I also act, you know, um, so it's about continuously, no one, no one, no one wants to be a critic, actually I'm sure there are people who do, but I wouldn't want to be a critic where you just sit around and talk about uh, everybody and that's it, you talk about the work of other people, or you you might, uh, you know, put out some disparaging remarks with regards to someone after they die and, and they, they aren't here to defend themselves. To me, it comes off a wee bit cowardly. Just a tad, a tad bit. Perhaps, you know, maybe, um, maybe, maybe I'm not one to, uh, to argue, but... I I I think if somebody's dead, let him let him let him be dead. Except for Hitler. Hitler, you know the the exceptions to every rule. Hitler continued to piss on uh him and his ideologies. You know, Osama bin Laden continued to uh defecate all over what he represented. You know, and and his particular uh and terrorists in in general. Uh, speaking of terrorists, making out of terrorists, we had uh, yet another domestic terrorist um, that that popped off uh, this weekend. Actually, right? Was it this weekend? Yeah, it was this weekend. And let's, can we talk Waffle House? 
12 a.m. at the Waffle House. <laughs> 7 a.m. at the Waffle House. Yeah, there was um, yet another another shooting. These are becoming so often um, that it's it's almost passe. It's tragic. It's tragedy. Um, but you know, someone uh, there was a there was a what they're calling a Waffle House killer this guy uh, went into a Waffle House. In um, where was it? Was it in was it in Alabama, or was it um, no, it's Tennessee. A brother by the name of James Shaw Jr. Uh, defended himself and the rest of the patrons of the Waffle House against this guy that uh, had already shot a couple of people in the Waffle House. This terrorist, let's call it what it is. I don't care if he has mental health issues or not, which they probably will say he winds up having because he got away. But this guy, uh, you know, this guy, James Shaw Jr., who, whose name I will continue to mention, um, James Shaw Jr., uh, disarmed this, um, this terrorist and, and saved a bunch of people's lives. You know, God bless him. You know, and, and, and for all every racist that, you know, thinks every black male is, is, um, is a threat, how about how about saluting? How about can we can we give a round of applause to James Shaw Jr., who who is just saying I'm not a hero, I'm just a regular person, you know? Um, but he did. He he, he saved lives, disarming in this fool. Um, would I have done it? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would have would have done. We all would like to think that we would have done something. We all like to think and. and Reflecting on, you see four people get shot and killed while you're attempting to enjoy your waffles. You might say, you know what, I want to enjoy these again. These waffles are too good. Let me do something. And he just, he acted. So good for him. He is a, he is a hero. Um, and it's going to be awkward if, if, uh, if 45, if the president gets involved and then wants to, you know, now suddenly take pictures with, the, with, with, James Shaw Jr., the real hero, the real American hero, fighting terrorists in Waffle House. James Shaw Jr. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That was very corny, but I couldn't help myself. Hey, they can't. They they ain't all gonna be winners. You understand what I'm saying? And I think the dude was naked. Like, at what point do you say? I I think breakfast is gonna be off when you see a dude walk in naked. Into the Waffle House. Yet it is the Waffle House. I don't know if any of y'all ever been to Waffle House. For those who've never been to Waffle House, um, you you have to understand the Waffle House is like Times Square or Hollywood Boulevard squeezed into a, a diner. That's the best way to put it. <laughs> because you get some of everybody in there. They say the freaks come out at night except at the Waffle House. Because they come out all day long. All day long, I know I'm in Chris Rock mode today. Just feel like talking in his voice. That's what I'm doing. That's right. I said it. Um, he 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 uh, he saved them. So, so salute to them, and I hope they catch uh, catch this dude. Um, if they haven't caught him yet, I think I think that he still remains at large. At large. I wonder where that term "at large" came from. Because the man is very small. He's very tiny. He's a, he's a pit, pitiest, pitiful peon of a man. 
to kill anybody. This is tragic, man. Um, and I call him a terrorist that he is because he shot innocent people who were merely trying to enjoy their meal. Now, it'd be nice, being that the Waffle House always gets such a bad reputation, being that the Waffle House is known for uh, all of us oddities that go and eat in Waffle Houses at all hours, and the staff usually looks like they've been away for a couple of hours, for a couple of months or years, and this is their first job out. You know, it'd be nice if this could have just, this this tragedy could have been overshadowed by this uh, James, James Shaw Jr.'s heroic uh, acts. However, we didn't have a full weekend before the Waffle House got into some more, more ish. Why'd they get into some ish? Well, because uh, a Waffle House in Alabama had an altercation over 50 cent plasticware. Hello? What, over a spork? You, you, they took... A woman by the name of, uh, let me make sure I don't say her name incorrectly, Chakisha Howard. Can you guess her skin tone? Chakisha Howard, the cops were called. I saw the video. This woman was was flipped. Then their suplex flipped over and slammed. Her breast wound up popping out. And, and it seemed like it was all over plastic cutlery, plastic utensils. It's like at what point, at what point do do people think that this is okay? Cause it's not, man. It's not. And as a black man of color, it, it becomes it, it 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 creates an anger that builds up in me, where not only do you stop trusting the police every time you see him, but it becomes harder to just trust patrons, you know. Flashing back to um, the drama at uh, Starbucks, which I really don't even want to talk about, as everybody else is. But at a Starbucks in Philly, his two brothers went in to meet uh, their white friend. Um, and two minutes after they uh, got there, a manager of the Starbucks in Philly called them, uh, called the cops on them. And the cops came and escorted them out. They had broken no law. Um, they had done nothing wrong. The only thing they did was be black. That's it. And yet here we are, um, yet again, having this conversation yet again. Uh, frustrating, man. Definitely frustrating. People wanted to boycott. I don't really, you know what? Here's the, I, don't, I, don't drink, um, I don't drink Starbucks like that. So I could say I'm I'm boycotting, but it it'd be fake because I don't I don't eat there I don't eat there I don't drink there every so often my wife will uh, my wife will bring in and uh, you know some 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 snack a lemon wedge you know every so often I'll, I'll get uh, I don't even know the, the the sizes macchiato and all I don't know I don't know what any of that refers to. You know, um, so it, they, there you have it. I, I'm totally lost by it. So uh, if you want to boycott St- Starbucks, feel free to. But I got nothing for I got nothing for you, man. Um, 
so yeah, they 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 here in uh this this Alabama Waffle House, the, the cops took this woman down, and people are protesting uh, with good reason, um, because this is this is happening far too often now. It, it's now become not only not only have uh, you know black people now been just been getting these modern day lynchings where the cops just shoot unarmed black folks. But um, now we can't even go into a, a, a business and, and without someone feeling threatened and deciding to call the, um, the authorities. Tragic. But uh, you probably that, that doesn't make me feel like I, I want to go to Starbucks anytime soon. You know, just, just so y'all are aware. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Starbucks that run the company. I, I, I don't believe this is a, a problem with the company. I think it's a problem in, in the, the state of mind, the consciousness of people that are out here. Um, without getting too serious. I don't want people to think I'm, I'm not serious like this. But it just, you understand my, my frustration with it um you know look i'm 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 a comic for a reason <laughs> because i'm lazy you know how i know i'm lazy uh because there is a picture on wikipedia uh, of me somebody actually asked me the other day how do you get on wikipedia <laughs> well you gotta do something sir you gotta do something I've done a couple of things that wound up getting me on Wikipedia, but guess what? This is how you know I'm lazy. There's a picture on Wikipedia of me, and the picture on Wikipedia is a picture I can't stand. I hate that picture. I loathe, I loathe that picture. Yet and still, there I is. There I am with my afro just looking all types of unruly. <laughs> but guess what? You know why I'm lazy? Because I, well, I haven't changed it. And I probably won't. You know why I won't? Because then I wouldn't have anything to talk about. It's more fun when people say something about it. And then I'm like, yeah, man, but that picture. I could change the picture. Wikipedia knows that. But I still have it. Know why? Because I didn't put it there. I don't know who put it up. I actually don't know who. <laughs> that's that's a, Somebody should check into that. Who... Who puts up the information on Wikipedia? Who are they to, to, to just take control of, of me and, and countless others without, without verified information? Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who, who, uh, who puts that information up. I know they have that I, um, I am a, uh, I taught a comedy class. What? When? Why would I teach? I hardly want to give advice. I hardly want to give advice. You think I'm a teacher class? Hell no. Too lazy. Excuse me. Sorry. Guess again. Good night, I. Oh, 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 uh, or with regards to Prince, you know, Quincy Jones mentioning that Richard Pryor and uh, Marlon Brando had some sort of a sexual relationship is not new information. Um, you know, if you've if you've read Prior Conviction, Richard Pryor's um, uh, autobiography, or if you even uh, just listen to some of his stand up, I think it was Richard Pryor live and smoking. Uh, uh, 
I think that the one that was recorded in the improv at one point, he actually says, "Yeah, yeah, ain't never, you ain't never sucked the dick." Yeah, I don't suck the dick, and and yo, once again, nobody wants to, nobody wants to hear their heroes' follies. Now, Richard gave us some of everything. Richard, Richard Pryor gave us all the information about his life, right? So. There is no surprise when uh, when I mentioned that Richard Pryor uh, might have had a homosexual relationship. Quincy Jones spoke about it, but like I said, Quincy is old. Quincy Quincy knew Jesus. <laughs> you know, Quincy 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 was there when dust was invented. That's an old brother. And after a certain age, old people they stop caring. They're like, I don't care. I don't give a damn. I'm going to say whatever's on my mind, and that's going to be that. And that's what, uh, that's, the, but I, I also know, hero-wise, Richard Pryor probably affected me more than Prince did, just because Richard Pryor is more, is, is a comic, and I'm a comic. Even though I'm musically inclined, and, and I have made music, and if you go to my Wikipedia page, it's Wikipedia again? You can't let go, can you? If you go to my Wikipedia page, it will say uh, comedian, actor. It's not going to say comedian, actor, musician, rapper, MC, lyricist, music producer. You know, it says comic. And so Richard, uh, I, I'm, I'm part of Richard Pryor's legacy more than I am a part of uh, Quincy Jones's legacy. You got to find who, who, you, uh, who you come under. You know, which is what what I uh, which is what I do. I, you know what I'm also. I want y'all to know I'm I'm going through my mind to do my best to hit everything that I hit on earlier and not miss uh miss anything that I uh that I spoke about earlier. I I'm trying to recall uh Coachella. Do we care? Hmm. Or more specifically, do black people care? This this podcast is for everybody. But I've never heard black folks refer to Coachella as much as they have in the last week. First, can I just say, I didn't know Coachella lasted a week. Uh, last week, Beyonce gave a magnificent performance, a show-stopping performance, for two hours. Shorty did two hours, son. And killed it and kept taking it even higher. Beyonce is uh, probably the most amazing live performer it's arguable if she's not the most amazing she's one of the most amazing uh live music acts on the planet especially in modern pop culture you know um that includes uh, i'll go and, and include you know the legends like uh bruce springsteen and uh madonna and Cher and I'll uh, bring it more more contemporary. Even Bruno Mars, you know, I haven't seen him do what Beyonce has done. Now she's been out longer, so she's supposed to uh, do what she's doing. Um, I'm I I actually expect if you go to see Beyonce, you expect to see uh, a magnificent show. You know what I mean? But she, I've I've seen her a couple of times. And she has yet to disappoint. Beyonce, Beyonce brings it every time, son. 
every time. And I saw, did y'all see this meme? Uh, um, it, it, it read, next time you question your journey, just remember. And this is an, uh, the title of an article from the New York Times on July 6, 2003 by Khalifa Sane. That's Khalifa, K-E-L-E-F-A, Sane, S-A-N-N-E-H. It's in the music section, and it says music. The solo Beyonce, colon, she's no Ashanti. <laughs> Yo, that's funny. You got you to gotta see the humor in that. That's not to take away from Ashanti, but the fact that Ashanti was the bar that Beyonce was measured by is hilarious to me. Especially if you, like myself, went to were were present at Ashanti's first ever live performance on national TV uh, when Ja Rule came up to uh, Saturday Night Live in November two thousand one to do uh did he do what would it what would it be without you I know he did always on time always when you call always on time my love. In my mind. And Ashanti did that, and I just sounded better than Ashanti did live. I'm not even joking about that. Uh, I'm, I, I'm actually tempted to go look up the clip and see if that's online anywhere and see if uh, if they showed. Because maybe she was better during the dress rehearsal show than the live show. And so now they, they just released the, live, the, the dress rehearsal show. As the live performance, because the live performance was was a problem. Let's just let's just say that the live performance was a wee bit of a problem, fam. But Beyonce did her thing at Coachella, and I'm wondering, like, at what point aren't there just too many, too many music festivals now? Like I said, I didn't know Coachella was was more than a weekend, let alone multiple days. Like I remember. I've heard of, I'm trying to think of other music festivals, excuse me, that I've heard of. Um, I don't know why, uh, but it came to mind, but Lilith Fair, (laughs) Lilith Fair was one. Um, I know in New York, over the last couple of years, they have the Governor's Bowl Music Festival. Billboard has the Billboard Hot 100 Music Festival. Um, Obviously, Coachella. I went to... um, I went to Afropunk. I went to Afropunk a, a couple of years ago. Afropunk was actually uh, was actually pretty cool to uh, pretty cool to go to. Um, unless you know what I uh, let me look up Afropunk to see exactly what Afropunk is because you know never did the research. I just went because it was some uh, some hot groups. Uh, Afropunk and look. Who has the information for me? But Wikipedia, I tell you, Wikipedia. This this podcast is brought to you right now by the good folks at Wikipedia. Serving you since Pedias were wicked. The Afropunk Festival, com- commonly referred to as Afropunk or Afropunk Fest, is an annual arts festival that celebrates and unifies the cultural cornerstones of Afropunk through music, film, skate, and art. The annual festival made its first debut at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, BAM, in Brooklyn, New York City in 2005. I did not realize Afropunk has been going on that long. You know what? I do remember seeing things about it, but I I guess I never really paid that much attention to it. 
uh, and has since culturally expanded the festival across countries. Originally co-founded by Matthew Morgan and James Spooner, the festival was inspired by Spooner's 2003 documentary film, Afropunk, which spotlighted black punks in America. Ah, that's what... See, now, that's what I always thought it was like for uh, black artists and bands that didn't get you know, played on the radio because they weren't R&B necessarily and they weren't rap or they weren't uh, commercial rap. Uh, the, the festival originally sought to provide black people an opportunity to build communities amongst the predominantly white punk subcultures. To attract a wider audience, the festival shifted to include uh, soul music, which expanded its target demographic, attracting headliners including Lauryn Hill, Lenny Kravitz, and Gla Gary Clark Jr., who, whom I saw last year, Gary Clark Jr., I've seen a couple of times. He uh, toured with uh, D'Angelo, and he... Uh, he uh, had a big set um, at Afropunk last year. Musical performers now represent a variety of genres, primarily known to reflect African-American culture. Okay, and that's that's exactly what it is. So there's some, um, some of everybody now is at Afropunk, whereas back then it was, um, it was more, more likely um, or more specifically cats that were you know black punk musicians or black rock artists whereas now last year i'm trying to think who did i see uh i know macy gray was i remember seeing macy gray just walking around um protege you know yo you know who's dope blitz the ambassador that dude was fire blitz the ambassador i i, I thoroughly enjoyed um kevin abstract uh um uh, what are those dudes Oh jeez, there was a group. There's a group of rappers that I cannot think of. Think of their name. I'm really annoyed that I can't think of their name. It wasn't uh, Anderson Pack was there. He did his thing. Um, yeah, he he killed it. Anderson Pack uh, went on with his with his cool crew. Uh, oh, Sadiq Raphael Sadiq was there last year. He did his thing. Uh, uh, oh, and Brock Hampton. Rock Hampton was there. I enjoyed them. So there were a bunch of, and there was some of some of everybody um, was represented. But it was a nice, it was a nice sort of cornucopia of uh, different types of music and different artists doing their thing, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed it uh, immensely. Um, but it was only a weekend, and maybe that just speaks to maybe the uh, Afropunk is a smaller festival. I think they have four different stages of shows going on concurrently. Um, whereas definitely not as big a space as the space they use for Coachella. Coachella looked massive. I, I, I saw a clip of Jamie Foxx, uh, performing. What was that? Hello? I've never heard that sound before. Oh, that's, uh, my calendar. Who not? Yo, <laughs> My laptop is on, and I had a reminder to do something in 10 minutes, and, oh, and I guess the Gmail ties into your laptop, and you have have it open, boom. Oh, wow, glung, glung, glung. I never heard that down. That shows how often I have my uh, sound down. I'll turn that down now so it doesn't remind me yet again. What if I forgot to do whatever it is I'm supposed to do? I know I have a bunch of things on the calendar to do in 10 minutes. Um, but, hey, we'll get to it when we do. You know, you know what I'm saying? 
yeah, so Coachella, Coachella, I think, seems, I, I wonder if they, um, I wonder if they, you know, uh, reach out to artists of color more often or Coachella because nothing about Coachella sounds alluring or appealing to me I I don't want to go to the desert I don't know anybody black that does want to go to the desert (laughs) you know (laughs) the desert is dry and hot and the sun is attracted to dark colors so I'd be finished in Coachella you feel me um but maybe that's changing I mean Beyonce not only because she was supposed to headline last year she headlined this year. It was worth the wait. I think she's actually preparing for um, her her big uh, stadium tour with her husband, Jay-Z. And I think what she did, her performance that she had at Coachella, I think, is a precursor of what she's going to be bringing to, um, like, the, uh, the, the Meadowlands in Jersey's where, she, where they're performing in, uh, in August. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, man, that's, I mean, it's going to be... An amazing show and i i can appreciate that she incorporated a lot of uh hbc hbcu um uh staples in her show you know from having uh you know uh sorority slash fraternity and the, with the, a nod to the black greeks hbcu uh historically back historically black colleges and universities for those uh, that are unaware, uninformed, you're informed now. Um, and Beyonce, you know, her, her stage show felt more like a halftime performance at, during, uh, you know, Howard playing, uh, Grambling in football, you know, and I, I went to many a Howard homecoming and you saw the drum major and, and the band and, and you always heard those horns, that horn section. And I mean Beyonce, she's doing it like hammer. <laughs> you know, you got a hundred people on stage with her. I wonder if the person, like, if you're dancer number uh seventy-three, do you take a breather? Like when everybody else is dancing hard, do you squat down like sure, I just gotta catch a breath? This she she going hard in the paint. <laughs> yeah, probably not, because Beyonce seemed like the type that she probably watches the tape immediately following the performance. After the show, Beyonce finishes. And Jay's like, yo, 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 babe, yo, you know what? We were going to go grab some dinner. They got the food, the catering. Nah, nah, babe, I want to I wanna go look at this tape. I think Dancer 70-something was slacking. Nah, well, you sure, babe, let me do me. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm going to go eat some pizza. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um... I, I, I mean, hey, she, the Beyonce, you figured with 100 dancers, including the twins, so 102, and then you have the, the, the band, which, which leaves, say, another 20, and then, like, she spent a grip on her stage show, son, but it's got to be worth it. You know it's got to be worth it because everybody was talking about it. They were even talking about her bringing out Destiny's Child and Solange. And this weekend, I guess, Jennifer Hudson and some reggaeton artists that she sings with. You know, just a gang gang of people. You know, big up. And, and that's what you're supposed to do. Is, is she the greatest of all time? I've heard people say Beyonce is the greatest of all time. Uh, I think we, we live in an era now where everybody feels they have to... They have to... Uh, Choose a side, choose a team. 
and decide someone is is like a GOAT, the greatest of all time. That's an acronym, GOAT, G-O-A-T, greatest of all time, for those that don't know. Uh, consider yourself knowing now. Yeah, that, did, I mean, did Beyonce do more than what Michael Jackson did in his prime? Did Michael Jackson do more than Sammy Davis Jr. did in his time? Because no, Sammy never performed in a in a stadium, but he performed in venues where he he had to enter through the kitchen, and he was the only black person for you know uh, perf- allowed to perform. The only other black folks were working in the kitchen. You know, so you gotta. I think we we we, uh, we live in this era where people are so quick to forget. Uh, the, the historical context in which things occur and things happen. You know, I think Beyonce's an amazing performer. I don't think me saying she's an amazing performer and probably one of the best that's done it, specifically one of the best that's doing it currently, um, I don't think that takes away from me saying that I love what Michael Jackson did as an artist. I love what Prince did as an artist. Uh, I love what Sammy Davis Jr. did as an artist, uh, you know, or the Nichols brothers, you know, th- some dancers from back in the days. Everybody, everybody has their contribution, man, you know, and so we, we have to be, uh, we have to make sure we pay attention to not losing sight of someone's, someone's talent, someone's skill set. That's, you know, just my, me at my little two cents, you know, you do what you, you do what you want with that information, I. I can't run things. May not run things, you know. Um, yeah, so that's that's uh, pretty much it. Yo, did we drop any science, man? What what was the protocol? To, oh, you know what? Pay attention. You know what you need to do for everybody. Um, do don't just try. Do do don't be lazy. That's the protocol for today. Don't be lazy. Um, I'm not talking lazy as far as not. Uh, not changing my picture on Wikipedia. <laughs> now I'm talking lazy as far as just getting up, getting out and doing something. You know, I, I, I was reluctant. I almost didn't do the podcast, but I said, nah, I, I promised I was going to be on it. I promised I'd maintain staying on it. So I'm on it. I recorded it. I recorded an hour of nothing. <laughs> and I could have been lazy and thrown it in the towel and said, nah, you know what? I did it. It didn't work. I'll see y'all next week. I sat back down. This episode actually came out better than the one I didn't record record earlier. Um, so I'm glad that I, I sat down and did. Oh, you know what? Here's some another tidbit. I'm giving y'all two gems for the week. You know what else? Um, take this info, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, saying, I'm not going to say his name. Somebody sent me a message earlier, right? Somebody sent me a message. Uh, and they were asking about a particular, uh, representative that, uh, that, that <laughs> used to represent me. And they said, yo, are they, is this person a, uh, a good, a good person? And they were, and they said they reached out to, uh, them and talked a few times over the phone, but doesn't know anything about them. And here's the thing, especially if you're a newer comic, Right. If somebody's checking for you, somebody shows you any interest, I can tell you that we, we, me and this other person, we made, made a good amount of money together, um, had some great opportunities, um, together, uh, that, that particular rep, uh, helped facilitate, uh, but 
don't be afraid to go do your own research. I can't I can't answer the questions for you because it's not it's not about my relationship with that person. It's about your relationship with that person. That's not to say and I'm not putting uh, the person that sent me this message on blast. I'm just saying if you've been listening to my podcast, which I'm, I'm sure you have, uh, you got to do due diligence and go do the legwork yourself. I can't do that legwork for you. You know, if some put it this way, if if. If you're a man and and uh, a woman is in your face and you see her and she keeps looking at you, or if you're a woman and you keep looking at a guy and he keeps looking at you, go over and talk to them. Go over and talk to them. Y'all might form a relationship. Y'all might mess around and get married. You also might get divorced, you know? And you also might have nothing in common, have no connection, and keep it moving. But you're not going to know unless you uh, just go and do. You got to get out and do it. All right? So, y'all make sure y'all do that. Like I said, it's your man, Dean Edwards. Uh, yo, if you if you dug the episode, you know, um, leave a message in the comments. I'll, I'll make sure I get, give you some love on, on the next episode. Be rich. Thanks for the info about the, uh, the mics. Once again, apologies to... Anyone that listened to last week's episode, if the sound uh, bugged you, um, we we learned how to resolve that issue. So apologies, but I'm glad y'all listened anyway. And I hope both of your uh, earphones were working so that you heard the full conversation with Moses. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, also, um, you can catch me once again. When did I say I'm in? Uh, I am in. Acme Comedy Company. Who's paying attention? If this was if this was one of those shows, they say if you're paying attention, we have we have free dinner for you. Uh, but but we don't. We ain't got no dinner for you. We just got uh, me giving you a shout out. So <laughs> June 5th through June 9th, five nights in a row. You can catch me out there in Twin Cities, Minneapolis. Twin Cities, come out and check your man Dean Edwards. Uh, follow me on all social media at, at I am Dean Edwards because that is who I am. And uh, yo, we'll catch you next next week, man, on Father Mother Protocol. All love, two fingers, peace.